If you've bought property, you likely funded your purchase partly through a mortgage. If the property increases in value over time by more than the cost of the borrowing, you're better off. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. This is a podcast by the Rask Group. It's for educational purposes only. So please do not make a financial, legal, investment or taxation decision based on solely what you hear in this show. Welcome to the Australian Property Podcast. We're on a mission to be Australia's most trusted property podcast. I'm Owen Rask, founder of the Rask Group. I'm Pete Wardgen, author and buyer's agent. I'm Amy Lenardi, and I am a buyer's agent. I'm Chris Bates, ex-financial planner and mortgage broker. Together, we'll take you through every step of your property journey. From first home buyer to decades of property investing. Welcome to the Australian Property Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And today we're in the studio with Amy Lenardi. How are you doing? I'm good, Chris. Always a pleasure. I know, I know. I'm glad to see that you're uh, on the mend as well. Um, today's going to be a bit interesting, interesting episode, particularly if you're a first home buyer. And, um, you know, it's a real big challenge, you know, getting your deposit together and, and trying to enter the property market the first time. And we're going to look at it a bit differently today. There's something called guarantor loans, which Amy's going to kind of interview me on. So if you are a first-home buyer and you're looking at ways to enter the market, a guarantor loan might be an option for you. But as you hear today, there's um, there's lots to discuss. And that's, I think, the, the key thing when you're first starting out your property journey is to just understand all of your options because being able to get a guarantor loan isn't going to be an option for everyone. But if for whatever reason it is an option, you might not necessarily end up utilizing it, but at least you can then say, okay, well, these are the different paths that I can go down and these are the different benefits and drawbacks of those options as well. So then you can make a more informed decision and that's better than getting, well, ending up ending up purchasing something and then realizing that you could have done it later on or getting halfway through your journey and then having to change strategy. I have actually had quite a few clients over the years who didn't even know what a guarantor loan was until they listened to a podcast or someone mentioned it to them. And then they mm. approached their parents and their parents said, oh, I would be open to that. I'd be happy to do that because the key benefit, well, one of the key benefits of a guarantor loan, and it was actually one of the reasons why my dad went guarantor on one of my loans, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more later on, is because there's no cash that needs to be uh, transactor here. It's not like a cash gift which your parents or guarantor has to give you. So, Chris, can you explain in super basic terms what a guarantor loan actually is? 
Yeah, absolutely, Amy. I think you're right. The the first thing when you're a first home buyer is just understanding all your options. And, you know, this is one option that, you know, a lot of people don't look at, to be honest, because there's maybe a bit of pride there. It's a bit of, I can do this. I want to do this on my own two feet. I don't really want to ask my parents for help. You know, they've done a lot for me. I don't want to. But it's once you really understand the intricacies of it and, you know, how it applies to your situation, also your parents' situation, it's usually parents. It doesn't have to be parents. It could be, you know, brothers and sisters or other family members that could do this for you as well. But predominantly it's parents helping out their kids. Um, it, it sometimes can be a, a win for both people. It can be a win for the kids because it allows them to enter the market. It allows them other little benefits, which we'll talk about and potentially allows the parents to help their kids, which ultimately that's what parents want to do. Um, and like you say, Amy, it's about helping them without them potentially affecting their own personal goals. So without them having to give away money that they may or may not get in the future and, you know, it may affect their retirement or et cetera. So that's sort of, that's a great little way to frame the conversation today is, is it's worth exploring. But I do think there's a lot of hurdles that you've got to jump to, for it to actually be the right decision. And we'll talk through those today. So what is a guarantor loan? So if you think about this from a, a bank's point of view, what a bank wants you to do is uh, make sure that you take out a loan that uh, A, you can afford, um, and B, if something goes wrong and they have to sell that property or you have to sell that property, is the bank doesn't lose money, right? The bank always wants to protect itself, right? So if, for example, you haven't got uh, a 20% deposit, um, and you want to buy a property at say, I don't know, five hundred thousand dollars. You'd need a twenty percent deposit, which is say a hundred thousand. You'd then have to consider your option of maybe paying lenders' mortgage insurance, right? Which is, you know, if you're borrowing between eighty and you know maybe low ninety percent, then you might consider something called lenders' mortgage insurance. But the problem with lenders' mortgage insurance is there's a fee for it. It's usually about, just say, circa two percent times whatever you purchase at. So if you buy something at five hundred thousand, your lenders' mortgage insurance might be around ten thousand dollars. If, for example, you don't have, um, you know, 15, 20% deposit, plus you've got to pay stamp duty potentially depending on the state and the purchase price, it's adding up to a lot of money. And what a bank may say is, look, we're willing to do a guarantor loan if you've got another asset that we can protect your loan by. So you've got a property that you're purchasing, but or have you got another property that we could secure your loan by that just in case something happens, we're protected and that means you don't have to pay lenders mortgage insurance um, and you don't need to, um, yeah, potentially don't even need to have to save up for stamp duty. So that's what a guarantor loan is. It's it's basically the bank securing your loan, not just by your property, but also by another property, which predominantly would be the parents, either home or if they've got an investment property, um, it, the bank might secure that as a, as a mortgage over that as well. So, Chris, I guess another way to consider this is that it can take the place or replace either part or all of your deposit. Because when you buy a property and you have a deposit, that deposit is what's acting as a bit of security for that bank. So, you're contributing some money and the bank is contributing the rest in the, in the form of a loan. But when you have a guarantor, you technically don't need any cash deposit at all because instead of providing that cash deposit, there is another property that is your guarantor's property, which is acting as that security. So instead of providing, say, a 20% cash deposit, 20% of your home loan is secured against another property. 
but it doesn't have to be the full 20%. It can be less than that. So for example, you might contribute still a 10% deposit and then you might use a 10% guarantor. So you're using less of your guarantor's equity and you're still contributing a bit of cash. So there's various options here. It doesn't have to be that full 20%. And this is why sitting down with a mortgage broker is really helpful because then you can have a play around with all of these different numbers and scenarios. So Chris, how do you figure out or what what's the kind of eligibility for a guarantor to be able to offer this to you? What do they need to have to be able to be your guarantor in terms of, I guess, first personal relationship, but then also equity in their property? Yeah, so if you think about this sort of parent-to-child scenario, um, look, there is big variances in what banks will do guarantor loans. Not every bank will do it because there's a higher risk loan for the bank. They need a a bit more complexity in terms of, um, you know, how they offer loans and bigger loan books. So all the bigger banks would do it, but all of them have different policies because some want to, they see it as high risk, so they're not wanting to get much of that market and some banks are really willing to to do guarantor loans, for example. So there is quite big variances in in policy. So I guess you can do it on home. So you can, if a parent's are, I've uh, got a house and they've got a bit of equity in it. Um, whether they um, are working or they're not working, even if they're retired, you can still do a guarantor loan. Now, you have to think about this from not just, and this is brokers, we don't, if everyone comes into us and says, I want to do a guarantor loan, doesn't mean we're going to do their loans. I can think of multiple scenarios where we've said, we just don't think this is in your parents' best interest and we actually don't think it's in your best interest and we just don't want to facilitate and do this loan. And um, we, we'd rather you not do it at all or you know we won't we won't do the loan because we think there's a risk there that someone's not thinking through whether it's the asset they're buying or it's an issue on their parents so the parents can be working and they could not be working it could be on their home but ideally it's on an investment property but if they haven't got an investment property it could be on their home what a bank cares about is what's your parents situation you know if they if they are working, are, how are they going to have enough income to pay off whatever they're currently owing? They might own a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars left on the mortgage, but also would that income potentially pay off the amount that they're guarantoring for you? So the hundred thousand guarantor loan or something like that. Um, or if they are getting close to retirement, how would they pay those loans off? Um, even though because they might be sixty now, they're going to stop working in five years' time. How are they going to pay these loans off? Have they got a lot of money in shares or super? Or, you know, other, and the banks really need to know a clear exit strategy. So when we're doing a guarantor loan application, we really need to make sure the parent's situation is clearly documented and there's clearly thought given to how these loans are going to be paid off because that's what the bank cares about. Because um, as a guarantor, is- they're essentially taking responsibility for that portion of the loan. Absolutely. So the worst case scenario, the, the children, um, you know, stop paying their loan. The bank goes into arrears. The bank says, hang on a sec. And they've done a runoff. And then the parent, the uh, bank has to sell the property. That sells fire sale price. It doesn't sell in the open market, you know, in a long, it hasn't been styled. It hasn't looked, you know, you know, carefully sold. It hasn't got a great price. And that price is under what the loan is. Then potentially the parents would come and, and go for the parent's property as well, right? And so whenever you're doing a guarantor loan, you always have to think, I'm not just, you know, investing my money, but I'm also investing using the parent's equity. And so I don't want to take advantage of that, right? Because if something goes wrong, 
I'm not just risking my money, I'm risking my parents' money. And so that's where we've seen a lot of issues with this. People like you have wanted to do off-the-plan purchases, under-guarantor loans, et cetera. Um, and so they're really ga- uh, gambling their money, but also gambling, in, in our view, their parents' money in those situations. And um, you know that's the reason why we wouldn't do it. And how much equity would your guarantor need to have available or to be able to be your guarantor? And can you explain the difference yeah. between equity and available equity? Yeah. So like basically equity is up to 80% on the value of your parents' property. So if they've got a million dollar property, 80% of that's 800000 But, you know, so if they had a one or $200,000 mortgage on that, then there'd be, you know, six or $700,000 of equity. You know, if they sold it, they'd probably get eight or 900000 right? But the, the reality is if they're getting close to retirement, banks are more and more uh, reluctant to lend up to a high um, equity on your parents' property, right? So if they say, you know, in their early 50s, um, you're buying a property and you're in your early 20s, right, and, you know, the parents have got heaps of working, well, they're probably going to be more likely to say, you know what, I think that's okay in the parents' interest. They've got a long runway of work ahead of them. Um, and the kids, are, you know, have got a high trajectory of income. They're going to be able to pay this loan off. And this guarantor is not really a risk. But if the parents are, say, you know, getting very close to retirement, um, they've still got a bit of debt holding on their home and then you want to increase that debt to do a guarantor loan, the banks are going to say, how realistically are you going to pay this loan off before retirement? And so that's where it's a higher risk guarantor loan. Now, there's some banks you might be able to get that through. As brokers, though, we'd be asking lots of questions and saying, look, we don't, is this really in your parents' interest? If something goes wrong here and, you know, let's say you bought a property and it went down in value, how would that affect your parents' retirement? Would it really knock them over the edge? And if so, then is there other options? Should you be looking at lenders' mortgage insurance? Should you just be saving more deposit? You know, our pers- like there's other prop options to look at, not guarantor loans. Yeah, exactly right. And Chris, can you explain how it works in terms of just say I go and buy a property and I've got a guarantor, but then my guarantor has an intention or their, their circumstances change and they then want to go and sell their property, but it's still linked to my property via the security, uh, so via the guarantor loan. How yeah. does that work in practicality? So you preempted one of the questions that we would want to know from the guarantor. So one of the questions is, you know, when are you retiring? What are you doing with work? But what are you going to do with this property, right? Um, you know, do you need to do any more renovations to the property? Like, are you going to have to increase your debt? Um, and, you know, sometimes the parents say, well, yeah, no, I need two hundred, three hundred thousand to do that. Okay, well, that might be even harder to do that once you've got a guarantor loan. So maybe we need to make sure we secure that first. Um, but one of the things absolutely, Amy, where this becomes a bit of an issue is that parents want to downsize or they want to move, do a tree change. At the same time, the kids want to buy their first property. And it can be a little bit tricky because... What happens in this situation, the, the child's got an, uh, a loan on their property, plus they've also got this loan that's secured by the parent's property. But if the parent sold that property, then there's no uh, property to secure that loan by. And so in this situation, um, potentially the, the child would be in a bit of a sticky situation because they might have a loan at 90% or 95% combined on the property value and they may or may not be able to get lenders mortgage insurance or the the parents might not be able to give that money to the child or they might need that money because they are traveling and they might not have a property. So one of the questions you really need to think through is what are your parents doing with their property moves and how are they going to affect uh, your guarantor and are they going to put any unnecessary pressure on you having to get out of a guarantor? So 
if this situation happened where you bought and then two years later the parents wanted to sell, well, what you really need to, you could be in a tricky situation if your parents can't um, allow you to reduce that loan by giving you money or you might not be able to re, uh, refinance because you're not working or you might have started a business or one family member on maternity leave, et cetera. So it's definitely a, a tricky situation. The dream scenario is parents say, no, we're going to, we've been living here for 20 years. We're not looking to leave here for another 20 years. Um, we don't need to do any major renos. We've got a low debt on it. We're just going to be slowly paying that off. Okay, that's pretty low risk from a guarantor. We're not going to affect the parents because the parents aren't making any major property moves. But when you get these major property moves with the parents plus the kids, these guarantors can start to um, you know, have sequency risk where you know one might affect the other. And these are all conversations that you have ideally with your parents at the very beginning. And also your mortgage broker should be chatting to your parents too and running through all of these different situations. And beyond that, as part of the guarantor process, your guarantor will need to seek independent legal advice just to make sure that they are fully aware of everything that's going on, that there's no kind of situation where I think this would be, you know, unlikely, but I'm sure it does happen where the the child is maybe taking advantage of the parents and maybe the parents don't quite know what they're getting themselves into. And then they get in a position where they are putting their future and they're potentially putting their retirement at risk. So really thorough conversations at the start. And when I, when I got my guarantor loan, so my situation was I, I got a guarantor for my first property and it wasn't because I actually needed one, but I the way that I wanted to structure it was to have a guarantor loan so that I could preserve that cash that I had saved up for another property in the future. So I had saved up something like $70,000. So I could have actually bought my first property, which was 400 grand. I could have gone and bought that by myself and used a large portion of that cash. But my dad was in a position where he did have available equity and he had no intentions of selling anytime soon. He was really hesitant at the start to do that. He is um, not into any kind of debt. He's a typical, I'd I'd say pretty typical baby boomer in that his perception of debt is pay it off as soon as possible. So I actually had to sit down with him and almost create a bit of a business plan to say, okay, well, these are the reasons why I want to do it. These are the benefits to me. um, And these are the risks to you. And I spoke with my broker beforehand, so I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. And once I laid that all out for him, he became more open to the idea and then he sat down with my mortgage broker who elaborated on that a lot more and answered all of his questions. And once he understood that the risk to him was relatively small considering I had a plan on how I could afford that mortgage, I had all of these savings in place and I had contingencies, he felt more comfortable But if you are relying on getting a guarantor loan because you do not have the right savings habits where you're able to save up a deposit and be able to demonstrate that you can pay a mortgage back. So you've only got the option of a guarantor loan because you haven't been able to save a deposit. That's probably not a good situation to be starting out from because then 
you might be putting your parents at risk if you're making poor financial decisions and you can't afford the cash flows of a mortgage and you potentially default on your loan. So I think that's really key. the key thing here to go in at the start to be able to demonstrate to your parents, not only for them but also for yourself, that you're a responsible borrower and and saver Um, because then from there the – Yes, one of the key benefits is not needing to have a deposit when you're getting a guarantor loan, but one of the other benefits is to potentially do what I did where you contribute no or less deposit to preserve some extra cash. And you might not necessarily want to buy a second property, but another situation where that can be beneficial is to give you a larger leftover buffer or emergency fund so that you're not tipping every you know, cent of your cash into your deposit and into your stamp duty, et cetera. So it just gives you that extra flexibility. Play around with those numbers. Absolutely. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Amy. So one of the reasons we wouldn't do it for a client is the type of asset they're buying. We think that it's not a great asset and we'd spend time educating them on the risks involved with that asset and why that's not a, you know, because the risk with the guarantor loans, if you buy an asset that goes down in value, to be honest, the um, and you have to sell it. So that's one risk. The second risk we always like to talk to is is really a a breakdown in relationships. And so what you really want to do is have a plan B. You know, relationships do end, you know. And so, you know, it might be one of the parties, obviously their parents, you know, and they're the ones, the parents who are taking the risk, right? And so they're both benefit if it goes well. Both, you know, parts of the relationship will benefit, you know, de facto relationship. But, you know, one of the parents is taking the risk on their property. And if the relationship does break down, you've really got to have a plan on how and a really a written down plan. That would be one of the things I would want to talk to your parents around. The other thing where we see is the big risk is um, we've seen clients come to us who all of a sudden want to buy a property but have got zero savings in the bank. They're on great incomes um, and they're not even saving on a month-to-month basis now but they just want to buy an investment property, live the good life without doing any sacrifice. And um, that's an issue we've seen is that we don't think they're demonstrating the right behavior so come back in three six months save 40 50 grand as your buffer and then come back to us and then potentially talk to your parents i think you're going to go in there with a much better foot and saying to your parents i've got five ten thousand dollars in my bank account but i can i do a guarantor to buy a property i had a friend years ago chris in that situation where she, they had servicing but no savings. And I actually yeah. sat down with her. Not at a, I'm obviously not a financial planner, but I, she's my best friend, one of my best friends. And I said to her, you and your partner, you earn so much money combined. And yet not only do you have no savings, but you're actually in debt. You had to borrow money to go and, and pay for your wedding. And now you're saying that you want to get a guarantor loan because that's your only option to buy a property. And I said to her, well, maybe you should sort of sit back down and reassess your situation. And in six months, if you can't save X amount of your savings per month, maybe you need to sort of reassess your your lifestyle mm. choices. And that was a bit of a light bulb moment for her. And they totally turned around their situation because when a lender's offering you a loan, they're looking at a combination of factors. I've seen plenty of people who have that servicing but no savings situations. And then I've also seen people who have um, plenty of savings but then they don't earn a lot of money, so they don't yeah. have a lot of servicing. And in both situations, you might not be able to borrow what you want. So it needs to be this holistic approach with your finances. Yeah, absolutely. And, and another thing I've seen is people trying to buy investment properties as guarantors and, you know, just you know, they've, they've spoken to a friend of a friend and 
you know, they've man, potentially hasn't got much savings. So I don't want to touch that. That's my home, but I might mm-hmm. as well just do this investment guarantor and see how it goes. And, you know, I'm basically risking parents' money to, you know, pick on a hot spot or, you know, mm-hmm. and I've so I think that it's the use of the guarantor and, and how that, um, and whether you're basically grateful for that opportunity with your parents. And, you know, I'm not the one sort of being the, the police there, but I'm just thinking through from the pa- parent situation is has the, the child usually thought through the benefits of the guarantors, but also the risks of the guarantor and is there a plan? And so you're right, Amy, that's what we really talk to a client is we go, look, the benefit of guarantor is that you don't need that deposit, right? So in your situation, um, someone could buy, say, a million-dollar property, they get an $800,000 loan through the bank and then they borrow the other 200000 and even the stamp duty, so let's say that's another 50000 and that $250,000 loan, which takes it up to 105% of the purchase price, is secured by the parent's property. And what we would say is that, you know, have, can you set a realistic time frame on getting rid of that guarantor through additional savings, through using keeping your other savings there as buffer, by adding value to the property, that got to be a bit careful there as well, um, by increasing your income and then increasing your savings as well. And so, so that's a really another another really important point, Chris, is a guarantor loan isn't necessarily forever. For some people, it might take longer, but you can release your guarantor loan once you have an LVR of 80% yourself. So the loan to value ratio is 80%. Your property is, your loan is 80% of the property's value. And that can happen through a combination of factors. It can be because your property has increased in value. It can be because you have paid down a portion of your loan or quite commonly it's a combination of both and there's no magic signal or there's no uh, mail that you're going to get in the post box to say hey Chris your LVR today is 80% go and release your guarantor loan you need to keep on on track of this and I think I released my dad after I think two or three years and that was a that was a priority for me to be able to release him and and work through that um, so that's that's really important to understand is you can release your parents and you might decide to start paying down your loan faster or building up your equity quicker to, in order to do that. But question for you, Chris, before you talked about how obviously if you're buying with a partner, you need to be mindful of the risk to your guarantor. But how does it work if you have siblings? Because a lot of parents like to be very equal in how yep. they offer help to their siblings can your parents be a guarantor to multiple siblings at one time? How does that work? They can, um, but it really depends on the parent situation and how well they're doing financially, to be honest, and where their current loans are and, you know, for your brothers and sisters. It's, it, this is one of the questions I, I sort of, you know, um, okay, would a guarantor option be an option for you? Can you tell us a little bit more about your parent situation? And then they'll say, yeah, no, they're working. They've got a house, they've got an investment. And that, that all sounds well. And then I'll ask, you know, have you got any brothers and sisters? And I go, yeah, I've got two brothers. And, and what's their situation? And, you know, uh, you know, one's in their early 20s, just starting their career. Actually, one's already got a house and they're not looking to. Okay, so no one's looking to use a guarantor anytime in the next, you know, three to five years. Okay, cool. So that's that's good because if you use it, doesn't mean that they can't use it, but you're going to use it right now. You know, you're, you're absolutely right around the Christmas table. Everyone wants to feel like that, uh, you know, you didn't get that and I got this. It is that little bit of um, – and so I think also when you're presenting it to the family, you say, look, I know I'm getting a huge benefit here, but my brother or sister can use this. 
I'll really try to get rid of this in the next three to five years by savings, by adding a bit of value, by hopefully buying a great asset that goes up in value. Um, and that'll still allow my you know, brother or sister to use it. So if you get to this situation where two want to use it with it at the same time, Look, we have done that before. Um, what you really need is a, either multiple investment properties or significant equity in the home and, you know, or significant other assets because the bank will say, um, basically, if we're going to secure two guarantor loans against this property, that's an additional risk for the parents. We need to make sure they're really protected here. Um, and then it also puts limits on the number of banks. So you might only be able to do that across two different banks or you might all have to move at the same bank. Um, and so that may, the parents might have to refinance their loan to a bank that will do it and things like that. So it just adds an extra level of complexity, but it's definitely possible. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a case by case. Usually the parents have to be, you know, doing quite well financially. So Chris, if we, just to kind of summarize on all of this, if we think we're in a situation where we might be able to get a guarantor loan, either from our parents or a close family member, how do we even, where do we start? How do we approach this? Should we just go and talk to our parents first? Should we talk to a broker first? What would you suggest? So I, I would say speak to a broker, to be honest, because what you'd want to do is this is just one of your options. And so when you sit down with the parents, which you might end up doing, but there's no point doing that first, is you would say to the parents, my first option is to try to save a 10% deposit plus 5% for stamp duty. I'm at 70,000, but I'd need 150,000. And so for me to save that extra 80,000, it's going to take me two or three years. And even if I do save that, the market could go up. And so I might even have to save for longer. Even then, I'd still have to pay lenders mortgage insurance, which might be 20 grand. Um, and so, yeah, I can definitely do this and I'm working towards it. But this is one of the challenges. I, there's an opportunity cost and a cost for me to do so. Um, and, uh, and then you might say, actually, what's an alternative option is you do a guarantor loan that allows me to enter the property market now um, and I don't have to worry about prices going up. Um, I don't have to pay lenders mortgage insurance. You're going to stay living in this home for the next five to 10 years from what you're telling me. Um, and I would really try to pay that loan down as fast as I can. This is how much roughly I can afford per month and I'll commit to you each month and I'll show you, I can even show you if you want me to. Um, and I know what a good asset is because I've educated myself on what's a good asset. Um, I'm not going to buy, you know, an off-the-plane apartment. I'm not going to buy like on a main. I've, I've figured that out as well. Um, and um, in three years' time, I'm going to be able to refinance you out because there is a risk with guarantor loans where, uh, you know, you can borrow the money today to get the property, but in three years' time, you might not be able to refinance it out and get your parents off because you're not working. Um, and so... You've got to be, because when you buy a property today, your bank only looks at what you're doing today. They don't ever look at it in the future. But with a guarantor loan, you're going to have to get a loan in a few years' time when you want to get your parents off the property. And so you, you also have that discussion with your parents. Look, I'm working now, but I'm working on this sort of career. And in three years' time, I should be on rough this rough income. That means I'll be able to refinance out. So you almost lay it out how you've thought about all the risks from the parents' point of view. And you've come up with a plan. Um and you've asked and you've talked about brothers and sisters here um, because then they code you in that, well, they've really done their education here. They've really thought about this. They've really thought about our position. Mm. Um, and then the parents can also then talk to the broker as well yeah. and get their all the little questions that they really want to know because they're going to have their, 
their fears and concerns. Um, and some of them might be very valid. They might have not told the kids that they want to downsize or they want to give some money or that they've got some other financial issues and, and things like that. Yeah, um, being and- very open with fi- talking about finances, I think it's a bit more, it's a bit more on trend these days, don't you think, Chris? Yeah. Whereas with the older generation, a lot of things, money just wasn't talked about. I don't know about in your family, mm. but certainly in my family, it wasn't. And for me, it was actually quite a stressful process to even sit down and talk to my dad about. But I knew that he would really value my preparation and me coming to him with, I guess, some preemptive answers to some questions I knew he would have. And because if you just point blank ask your parents, oh, can you be a guarantor for my property? And they start asking you questions and you don't really know the answers and you don't have to know all of the answers, but you might just get a flat out no. And it can be really hard to re-approach that situation later on. So I think just educating yourself, speaking to your broker, learning about it yourself, writing down that plan, like you said, Chris, how am I going to repay this mortgage? What's my future? What are my future goals and plans? And then when you have that conversation, it can be a much more robust and thorough conversation and you could you can maybe they if they're open to it, then they can um, speak to the broker and they can speak to the broker without you involved in that conversation so that they can be really, you know, asking all the hard and serious questions and then you reassess it later on as well. So yes, planning and preparation before you have that conversation is very important. Yeah. And I think, you know, not everyone's in a great position to do this, right? It's not everyone's got this option on the table. And, you know, uh, and that's, that's very common, right? Not people have got the parents that have got properties that they can secure by, etc. But if you have got parents that potentially are in this position, I would say just don't let pride, I guess, get in the way of that, because, you know, that may mean that you have to keep, you're already saving really hard. We all know how challenging it is to enter the property market and the deposit you need. And, you know, if a parent can help you, and, and what we like about it is they don't have to give you fifty, a hundred thousand dollars, and um, you know impact their you know f- you know li- lifestyle and retirement, or you know mean they've got no buffer if something goes wrong with their health, and you know bring additional stress into their life. A guarantor mm-hmm. loan could sort of happen to the side, and if you do everything that you're hoping to do and pay the loan down and buy a good asset and add some value to it, and you know and be careful trying to get rid of the guarantor, you you order evaluation at the right time, and you're still working, etc. And the parents might not be affected by it at all. They might just see it come and go, not have to pay a single cent. It might not affect any of their plans. And what it's allowed you to do is enter the market without any lender's mortgage insurance, potentially years earlier and get that growth um, and really set you up for the future. And so it's a win-win. So The pride thing's actually so relevant. I come across that so often. And you're just going to sit down and think, what is the cost of your pride? Uh, if, like you said, Chris, this doesn't have an impact on your parents' financial future and maybe they're more open to it than you expect, maybe they are not only open to it but they think it's a great idea and they they um, very much want to help in that way because maybe they never knew what a guarantor loan was as well. So, yes, understanding all of your options because it may be a more viable option than you considered and in which case there can be a lot of benefits as long as you acknowledge the risks as well. Absolutely. And if you get to the end of the conversation with your broker, you sit down with the parents and then at the end they say, look, I'm, I'm just not comfortable doing a guarantor loan because we do want to buy an investment property or we do want to downsize in a few years. Or I do. my financial advisor says I really need to use that equity to put some money into shares or you know, or there's something, it just they decide not to, right? Um, there's too many kids, you know, there's blended families, there's all this, you know, uh, social issues, you know, the family dynamics as well, right? 
that's okay. Then, mm. okay, well, let's go back to plan A. And yeah, let's figure at least out, you know. At least yeah, you know. <laughs> what's the shortfall? Look, there is a, um, they're less likely to be a good option with this 5% deposit scheme that the government's organised um, that's, you know, 10,000 places. It's the first home hours. guarantee. Yeah. Mm. And mm-hmm. so in the past, you know, you would need a 10 or a 15 or 20% deposit to sort of avoid this lender's mortgage insurance. But the 5% deposit home loans, which there are caps in terms of the purchase price and incomes and whether you've owned a property in the last 10 years, et cetera. So that, we would say that's a better option with someone with a smaller um, loan. If they can get a guarantee, government guarantor loan, which is sort of a not 5% deposit home loan. Um, but if you're borrowing, you know, you're purchasing something, you know, over eight, nine hundred thousand dollars then that does, you're not eligible for that. Or you're earning more than 125000 or 200000 as a couple, you're not eligible for that. So that's when the other guarantor loans look, uh, make yeah, sense. Yeah, it's very much worth exploring that scheme just, again, to understand your options because instead of your parents going guarantor, it's basically the government being your guarantor yeah. and the government's taking that risk. So it can be it can be really good. And I think it's a little bit uh underutilized but just not enough people know about it so chat to your mortgage broker they'll be able to guide you in the right direction absolutely well thanks so much for the chat today chris if anyone wants to reach out to chat to the team at plus about guarantor loans or any kind of loans how would they reach out to you absolutely there'll be a link in the show notes and a a little type form and then the team will be in touch and Absolutely. You can tell that we're very on the fence with it. We want to be proven it's a great strategy for the parents just as much as it is for you as a child and you've really thought it through. It's a it's a high-risk loan for us as brokers and we want to make sure everyone's protected. So, yeah, in the link in the show notes for us. And, Amy, um, you're doing your course and, and there's a link in the show notes for that. And how's that all going? Yeah, so I've got a first home buyer course if you want to learn about everything to do with buying your first property or I've also got my buyer's advocacy here based in Melbourne, um, you can reach out to me at amylenardi.com.au. And I'm going to finish this episode as well, Chris, by asking for uh, reviews and on the podcast. I don't think we've asked for this for a while. No, and I don't think so. Yeah. I'm going to be shameless and ask for it because it actually helps us so, so much and it takes, I don't know, 10 seconds to do. So if you have a moment, if you've enjoyed this episode and if you've enjoyed the podcast so far please please leave us a review it would be greatly appreciated and absolutely prod us in the right direction is any conversations you want us to cover or things that you absolutely loved and go a bit deeper on just let us know and uh, absolutely love the feedback thank you thanks chris have a great day bye Cheers. bye Thanks for tuning in to the Australian Property Podcast. If you love the show, why not subscribe or leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. And if you want to work with me, Amy, Pete or Chris, you'll find links in your podcast player to get in contact with us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Australian Property Podcast. We're huge advocates of getting the right advice at the right time from the right people. That's why it's important to understand that this podcast episode contained general financial information only. It is not designed to be specific or personalized to your financial, tax or legal situation. With property, the check sizes are pretty big, so it's important you get advice from a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information you hear in RAS podcasts. Thanks again for listening. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, 
I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.